Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Let's Have a Drink, the fun, fantastic podcast where we sit back, relax, and enjoy a delicious drink. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. A delicious beverage. You know, we got a new drink for you guys this week. Uh, really excited yeah. for this one. Pulled this one out a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. In the LCBO as we do. Yes. Um, yeah. Very- Same place that we got the uh, Sons of Kent. So. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was going to make a And the long little... drink too, right? And long drink, yeah. all the same time. Um, so yeah, this this has been sitting in the cooler for quite some time. Ready uh, to go for us to chat about. Ready to go. Uh, we'll get there in just a sec, but welcome back. Finally, me with with a voice this time. A proper oh, voice. Crap. Uh, got over that sickness and uh, and into the patio season and everything was just everything's just been good. Wow, I just won't have to carry the episode. Yeah, relief. Oh wow, what a what a what shoulders a, were getting sore. No, I was gonna make it, it was funny. I was gonna joke. Hurting. <laughs> just hopped. I just hopped in the backpack last week, and you were just like, "Let's yeah." And I was like, "I got you, baby. We're going on an adventure." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, just walked. I've been visiting Martin me Freeman just, and his weird like waddle run, and me just like randomly going, I can't speak. <laughs> me with the <laughs> precious, <laughs> my precious. Anyways, guys, uh, super fun this week. We there she is. <laughs> no, I just I tried to in the column voice and it didn't work. Oh, you hit the throat pipes. Yeah, I was like, like... Be hit. um, uh, we we have such a fun episode this week. Uh, lots to talk about. Gotta keep it. Gotta keep it kind of loosey goosey. It's but... loosey goosey, but it has structure. And y'all, I'm really excited. Curtis made me promise not to ramble. Um, I'm gonna really try hard not to. I think we have room to ramble. Um, with the topics that we've chosen this week, but yeah. we, I don't want to go into too much detail because they yes, are. We're gonna keep it for that. Relatively part. new stuff, but also very niche stuff. Yes. Um, but uh, you know, you I know you guys enjoy us just chatting, hanging out. So yeah, uh, and this is. Uh, I guess to to kind of spoil the the topic, mm. it, it is a sort of a movie review episode. It is. It's a double movie review, double feature. Yes, science fiction double feature. Um, we're not we, talking Rocky Horror. So. Two really great movies. We were able to get uh, time to watch this weekend. Yeah. Um, one relatively new. One been out relatively for a while. not as new, uh, but been out for some time. So mm-hmm. um, we can't wait to reveal what those movies are. But first, let's get into Absolutely. a Bevergino review. Absolutely. Why don't you take a sip of yours and I will read about it and then we can swap like usual. All right, guys. So we have a really, really fun selection. Um, It's called Prairie Coast. So it's a wheat beer with blood orange from Indie Alehouse Brewing. So this is another Toronto one on Dundas. Um, The picture on it is really great. It's kind of like this like cubism sort of like geometric like prairie land with a like warm orange setting sun. Um, just really aesthetically pleasing and kind of interesting. Um, so it says this refreshing hazy American wheat is brewed with North American barley and wheat. I felt like I said wheat too much, but that's there. Um, <laughs> citrusy West Coast hops and a twist of blood orange. Uh, welcome to the golden fields of the Prairie Coast. Nice. Uh, this one is a four point seven, so kind of in that sweet spot of like a a, a pretty good hearty uh, as far as IBU goes for a craft beer. So Curtis, why don't take 4. it away? 4.7 for a wheat beer uh, checks out. Um, less of the hops, more of just the um, fermentation they yeah. go with. And uh, yeah, um, my review so far, I took a big swig. I like a good wheat beer. Um, there's a lot of classics out there that exist that I really enjoy. Um, this one, uh, definitely um, not as, I, I would say not as uh, flavorful 
It's oh. very, it's very sort of plain. Like it's very just like a base uh, wheat beer, and I feel like the flavor is just sort of plain in it. Um, it says like a twist of blood orange. I get that, um, but I also know blood orange to be sort of tart. Usually, sour. blood orange comes on a little bit stronger in other beers that I've tried with um, <clears throat> um, with that in it. It definitely is a tartar, more focused flavor. Right. Um, I think they definitely more went on the citrusy end of things or maybe something in the brewing process considering it's a wheat beer because most of the blood oranges I've had uh, as far as like flavoring wise is in like IPAs or sours. Right. Um, they're, so I'm they're, almost... very, they're very prominent. Like blood yeah. orange flavors in those should be prominent. I think this one where it's just a twist, I get the flavor, which is yeah. I think what they're going for. Yeah. Um, but it definitely... the very base wheat beer, I think. It lives up to the description of it being a twist. You can kind of tell there's a bit more citrusiness going on. Yeah. Um, but it's not super overpowering. So if you want something that kind of like is a bit more subtle, this can be a really good choice for you. Um, it definitely just is like for the most part for my palate, it's just a wheat beer. Not to say that that's bad. Um, but yeah. I just think like if you're like if you're trying out new craft beer, wheat beer, I consider craft beer. And this is obviously just craft beer. But I think this would be a good one for for people to try. This doesn't yeah. really taste like even like you know your typical beers like yeah. Budweiser or Coors or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is tasting like that. It, yeah. it, it's got a very base like. It's got that like straw look that usually, as far as like color as well as like haziness, that you usually see with like a wheat more of a wheat beer. Um, so it definitely like pulls that vibe in together as well. Yeah. Um, honestly though, like I'm a little picky with wheat beers. Uh, and this one is definitely something that's an easy sipper. So I'm it excited. It is an easy sipper. Yeah, I'll definitely give it that. Um, I was, it's it's for sure not what I was expecting. Um, so I think that's kind of where it's like I'm. Yeah. Obviously, any hard work is appreciated when it comes into brewing something like this. But yeah, it's not what I was expecting. So def- like a little like. I, I'll give it a 7.4. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, point point three point four for the easy sipper part because yes yeah that is sure. something we look forward to because we know we have listeners who are not so into this stuff and we want to yeah. make sure that they get some Absolutely. value out of these uh, reviews and well. I definitely like a lot of times too with bolder flavors it can kind of get to be a little a lot once you're in the middle True. of the beer whereas the twist on this one I think you'll kind of grow to appreciate over time that subtlety um, versus kind of feeling like. I also think, you know what I think it might be? We both had with dinner oh, yeah. just previously a couple, uh, what do you call them, cocktail? I'd, say, I'd call them like cocktail beverages. Sweet yeah. cocktail beverages, whatever. Yours was a gin, pink lemonade, fizz yeah. thing. I had a moit, mild tai. What is it? Mai Tai. Mai Tai. Mango Mai Tai. Mango Mai Tai rum uh, based yeah. beverage. And they were very sweet. Yeah. And I, I think mean, for me too, like with the, it was like a pink gin, like, with like lemon so it's really tastes like a pink lemonade and that has a very strong focus flavor so that could honestly be pulling from this might be i don't know i thought about that because yeah. mine was a very strong like yeah. pineapple mango flavor and i liked that a lot but mm-hmm. either way um who is this going by again indie alehouse indie alehouse brewing in toronto yes sir uh, is their first time having them so uh, it for sure is their first time so not a bad outing i definitely would Again, like to reliable keep... start too like hopefully oh um... for sure like this is a brewery like i'm not immediately turned off because again we've said it before there have been some drinks that we have sipped and we're like please god get this away from my face this is not the case with this one i definitely would like to keep an eye out for other ones from them to kind of get 
uh, a, a vibe for what their other right. um, brews are like, though, because I don't necessarily like this wouldn't be like my first wheat beer of choice. I don't think we I, you say that I don't think we really have reviewed a beer drink beverage that we go. Wow, I don't like this goodness. Not for review. I mean, like personally, we oh, have. Personally. Um, but I, I also, we've done a pretty good job at uh, curating like specific that's true. styles for us. And you know, it's funny as you said it. I was like, I love how that reaction. Oh my god, get this out of my face! Is a reaction to both a really shit drink and a very dangerously good good drink, drink because you'd be like, I will drink all of it I will right drink now. All this within sense. thirty seconds, <laughs> and I will want another one that I will drink in exactly, one exactly. Get it away from me. This is dangerous. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah. Anyways, um, so yes, uh, good reliable drink this week. Um, Absolutely, picking up some some stuff we have. Uh, this will be including this one four episodes left left wow. of this season, uh, which means four new drinks. We are final four. We're getting into this summer uh, and a spring summer season, guys. Absolutely, we guys. Got... We had a gorgeous little summer preview week. I'm hoping that most of you who are listening, uh, you know, and got some of the weather that we got, which was literal patio season yeah no it was like middle of summer i remember meeting curtis after a later shift of mine and i literally had a bike short set on with a really thin like cover-up shirt mostly and long but like it was like a button-up that like i hold it up yeah 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 yeah. true thin material um i was absolutely fine i came the breeze was warm i came in short to the t-shirt i definitely uh, over uh, underdressed that i should have had pants but that was yeah. a gorgeous evening. It was Thursday. Um, yeah. Friday was even better. Yeah. Uh, I was planning on going out. We ended up going out, but didn't get a patio. And then, well, that's the night I'm talking about. Is when you didn't get the patio, and I met you after I was done work. Oh, even then, yeah. was it was like super warm that night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then obviously the next time that we had, I think it was the Saturday that we had attempted after I was done. It was like a close, but like an earlier close, and uh, and it cooled off a little bit. And of course, the next day it's like yeah, and then balmy. But then the Saturday, you and I got to go out yep. um, for some dinner, uh, yep. and and that was a really nice night. We were out downtown too, that was so people night. watching and and just getting the vibe, man. Our favorite spot to to go, actually, I think when we like just you and I, and we want to like people watch it. Yeah, really it was downtown so great. on the patio because a lot of the patios for downtown, um, other than a couple places, are like right on that main street, so you really can kind of just like see everything. Um, so yeah, yeah, I was and it was honestly so good. So. Um, hopefully the weather this this week so far has been meh, uh, but that's fine. I got uh, I got performance week for myself, so lots of focus there. And then uh, he means that for the workout program he's doing. Yes, not for why little work or whatever, but yes, <laughs> my workout program. It's the final week, performance week is what they call it, yes. the crucible, if you will. Um, so big focus is there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what the progress pictures look like because I, I took pictures at the start of the year in prep to like. Oh, I think you'll notice the difference. end of the year progress. Yeah. Like I wanted to see a full year progress, but I want to see. I think you should where do I'm at like, with this program alone. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I'll I'll see what what happens at the end of this week. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, guys, let's let's get this ball rolling. We have a fun segment. I know Ryan's itching to talk about. I really want to start talking about it, so we need to do our thing first. Click the button and roll that intro. Roll it. Let's have it. And welcome, welcome back, back everybody. Oh you can't beat me. I'm the one who's <laughs> I choose the time. 
I always try. I choose the intro uh, back in, but welcome back, guys, from that intro. Before we get everything into everything, I was just thinking as we were kind of talking about a like review and our intro and everything. I have gotten like really, really into specific podcasts as I've made it perfectly apparent. Right. And in a lot of them, like they're very like fun, transparent. Like I, I like the bond that a lot of these uh, podcasts have with their, especially because they are like super, super niche, have with their like fans and listeners and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, seeing them post like video snippets of them like behind their mics and just in their like chill environment, seeing the different types of setups that different types of podcasts have because of like levels of fame, circumstance, whatever. Um, and it's just funny because I was just thinking about that now. And I'm like, I can only imagine like someone listening to us and like trying to envision being here. off of like pictures that we post for the podcast posts of us sitting here talking together. I can't wait so we have us. And I do that like mental comparison of like, I'll see like other podcasters on almost like a couch set up oh, themselves, right? I, I I only listen to a handful, but I very much love uh, so much that Arbitrary Expert does. And Dax and um, uh, I forget her name. Um, Monica. Monica Padman. Uh, she like their setup is literally him in a recliner. Yeah. And then the guest is on the one side of the like couch, and then yeah. Monica's on the other side. And uh, it, it's like so yeah. chill, and like they get they get good photos. They have a photographer who's taking photos all through the show, yeah. and then they get a photo with the guest. Yeah, part of his like garage or oh yeah yeah no I I know he's always got some good photos but I like the I like the candid like real it's like a five like five or six photos of just like candidness and I'm like absolutely that's how I would I would have initially done that if we had the yeah I uh, it's funny too because what was initially sparked my mind was the girls from Morbid posted um because they have another podcast called the Rewatcher and that has to do with like um so the older um of them Elena she like watching Buffy loves Buffy and now Ash is watching through Buffy for the first time with Elena and they're doing a like recap podcast like a, a rewatch podcast they called it the rewatcher because watchers are a thing from Buffy the Vampire Slayer and they're literally they're set up for Morbid and any other podcast that they do because they've got a couple these girls are tanks and like they are what I aspire to be when it comes to like just living their best life when it comes to putting oh, out yeah. the content they want to yeah. do and all the different like uh, are you looking it up now? Is that I am. I'm looking at their, they, their Instagram. In so many, I, okay, so they have like an, I've wanted to for a while send them a message. They have like an email that they encourage fans to reach out as well as for like their listener tale episodes uh, where fans like submit like creepy like stuff. Um, I don't have like a fun listener tale, but I've wanted to message them for a while because like if I want were to envision myself doing this long term and like if we were to really like continue to build on stuff like these girls are like who i would hold myself as a standard to right um and but it's just really fun uh because they their little setup is they're literally at like a long desk and they're both in like like puffy office chairs in front of their mics and they're just like chilling together oh yeah 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 yeah. but they're really close to each other yeah but they have the messiest fuck setup too dog (laughs) they got like shit everywhere they got is that a candle on, like right beside? Oh, yeah, they like, have. They have like two candles lit beside. Well, they have it, but yeah, water. but like they have like the on their thing. They got memorabilia everywhere. Like they have it all decorated, and right. then I think they have one of like a producer with them off to the side. Helping, I mean, like, if I had, the sound clean, if we had like a setup, like a place where we went, it would probably be messy too because we would just leave our shit and 
you know, if we had, yeah. again, fanned work. You know, oh, I would want to, even if we were like only taking photos, I would want to have like a fan submitted stuff to us. I would want to have that plaster I, I everywhere. Would, I would too. I know um, back in the day when I watched Roman Atwood, he, when he started his PO box, he would get fan art yeah and everything that he could hang up yeah he did a giant his whole warehouse wall yeah was art and he kept showing every week he would post a new vlog and he mm-hmm. would show an update it was the whole wall crazy. at some point it's crazy man yeah it's crazy and but yeah are incredible i just i've always loved that shit mm-hmm. and that was actually one of like my biggest aspirations when i did youtube was like man i just love like people being so kind and like yeah so like that and and sending out like their love and I would yeah. just, like feel so much appreciation for it yeah. a little bit. Right? Well, because I remember there was an opening to one of the episodes recently. It's funny that you bring that up, like love and appreciation from fans. Um, there was one where I guess recently um, both Elena and Ash had gotten a bunch of comments on like stuff they posted on Morbid recently, uh, like on their page um, from like just like trolls, haters, people who are like behind a keyboard on their phone or a computer on the internet and just said they want to be like just say rude things for the sake of saying it. right um and they're like honestly as much as it sucks to read that there's so many other things that we like love and appreciate about having this in our lives and uh, all the fans and the it's, people it's who hard to we make a out. difference yeah. but they're like it's they put so much more of a focus on all of the great things like they have a morbid network so there's other shows that like they work with and and go out and have like events with and and all that sort of thing they've made all these great friends and connections Good. And then they have all these really appreciative fans that they're like, we can only put our focus on that. And just at the end of the day, that's what you have to do, right? You have to, because, but I will say like, that is so impressive because blocking out that trolley in social media is extremely difficult. Oh, Uh, sure. Especially when it's multiple people, like, you know, one person could be like, oh, it's fine. Other person could be like, oh, look at this person said, you know. Especially for like a, um, like Ash is my age. Uh, which also. was like really weird to like uh, put two and two together. But I actually, no, I think she's a year younger than me. I don't know. Anyways, we're pretty close in age, closer than like in confession to two of them. Right. Um, And it's like really funny to like for them to chat about it in different ways and like me to listen. Like we very much come from like a generation or two of, of groups of people surrounding us of like all this validation. We were told that like, you know, how important it is to, you know, be liked and for people to have this like good perception of us. And then we got that instant gratification and validation through social media. It hits that much harder when someone doesn't give you that or worse, says awful things about you in return, right? I cannot imagine being a kid now. Oh. Try absolutely not. A teenager, a preteen teenager, absolutely I mean, not. It's a little different still. Like, I think there's a lot of things that help for kids nowadays but i also yeah i mean i don't know i just like, also feel it's so much harder to like grow up and make mistakes oh and go through awkward phases and i think a lot of that comes from nurture like um but even just like going through awkward stages and 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 not feeling constantly in turmoil about it more than you are already just by being yeah that sure age. but yeah with the right i think i still think with the right nurture you know you're able to a little bit like think about that a little differently right and feel I guess so. the different effects like i guess so i think if you're if you're a if you were a parent who understood that mm-hmm. already to teach your kid that would be a lot easier than sometimes a parent when, who just like has never seen the world of the internet before i will say though too like sometimes it is hard for kids to communicate if their parent can't relate for sure 
So then how are they supposed to infer their parent to be able to understand like why that's such a serious But that's, thing what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. Time and time again. But right? I, that's what I'm, I think I'm saying that as a realm of like if kids now, you know, if they have younger parents or just parents who are, who have adopted and adapted mm-hmm. can relate to what the, the I would mean so parents who are able to, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're, 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 we, you're, we definitely yeah. got to the same page there. But yeah. um, what you said earlier, yeah. I 100% think you should message Morbid. I think that'd be lovely for you I've to just, try to I've thought about, about it and I want to tell them. Whatever like, you say, like, do they bring fans on to talk or is it mostly No, but they do read messages. They do read nice messages. So, so like, I would love to, I would love to just reach out and be like, I discovered you guys through like a friend. They have literally made from an entertainment like it's such a safe space when i turn on any podcast with them in it and i've listened to so many other podcasts that they've done now that i'm like i just fully enjoy everything they talk about i can relate to so many of the jokes they make the stories they tell like it's it's such a like i there's other podcasts i love like i talk about lp all the time those guys make me laugh like they're so funny but i like relate to elena and ash like i want to be their best friend Having a niche interest that is somewhat also a hobby and then yeah. having and finding a community that yeah. loves that thing yeah. as much as you do, maybe even more intensely. Yeah. Um, and having sort of the spokesperson for it, spokespeople yeah. even, and then being a part of that community in the yeah. smallest of ways. And yeah. you're even, I would consider you more in the lurker way where you're just kind of there listening like a lot of other fans, but yeah. there's a lot of fans who are writing in. Yeah. I'm that way too. Yeah. But you know how I tell you like stories like today about um You messaged Leopard on his like chat. Yeah. I'm in his chat. He's a streamer. I'm in his chat, just like sending messages and he's reading them. But sometimes I send yeah. messages in his chat and he misses them because there's so many people. But yeah. his community is like four years, five years strong of people who have been there for that yeah. long. Well, I feel that way too. But now, you know, interaction and all these fun things. I know. Yeah, I feel that way too. Because like uh, Elena was had just released her book that she wrote when I started listening to Morbid. So I felt kind of late to the game. And sometimes it's hard to like reach out in situations like that because it's not like I've been like a day one person. But like it, they may have made such a difference in like me, like I said, like having that safe space to like they're into all the shit that I'm into. So like it makes me feel validated. Not that I'm not in my everyday life, but it's just when you find that creator that like speaks to you, you're like, I could literally be best friends with and you. you. I want to be in the room. You want to give you. them, you always want to give them constructive like feedback and yeah. also like tips or or just like, oh, this is actually how this was, whatever. Like there's so many times too, I'll be listening to them, they'll chat about something and one of them will make a joke or say something. Or I'll be, uh, and and I'll be like, oh my god, I was just thinking that too. Right. Or they'll, so the one of them will be doing the case for the week, and they'll be telling the narrative, and then I'll say something to myself either out loud or in my head about like, oh yeah, sure, about like somebody's intention, and then the other one will say that who's yeah. listening to the story that I'm like, oh my That's god, so yeah. like it just it it's those moments where I'm like, ah, like they literally relatable. Yeah, no, I I do the same. Th- I do the same thing. You like, know, I'll so read. it's just really cool. I'll, yeah, it, it's great to have those spaces. I'm sure uh, some listeners here are, are relating to maybe a specific community they've been involved in yeah. um, or have been in the past are still in now. I feel like it's the same thing. Like you find that artist whose lyrics speak to you. Yeah. You find that uh, directors music, who... Uh, uh, even a small music artist who just... It, you're you're the only fan yeah. of and you meet one person yeah. in your day-to-day life who also loves mm-hmm. that artist. You're like, Absolutely. You're like, 
this person's so niche, you know, whatever. Exactly. And then it's they, that's the community aspect. It's absolutely. Great. Absolutely. Um, no, that's awesome. They bring it yeah. Up. Anyways, Bye. I didn't mean for us to go on a complete tangent, but we it was did. just like a funny thing. But I feel like that was a good convo that we had because like we did. Yeah. Well, let's segue this. So okay. we have you are listening to this morbid podcast um, with some uh, niche air. Let's say ergo weird interest. Oh. Yes, they do call their fans weirdos. They are weirdos. They literally say, hey, weirdos. And uh, and I've got now, uh, I obviously, I'm a video gamer. You know, yeah. The communities I watch are also kind of weird. The gamers, the people, the communities. So Plus, there's a whole other level to that segue that people don't understand that I'm freaking out about over here. Yes. Um. So, do can I? Yes, I was, sorry. Uh, the a screen completely changed. I wasn't sure. We were still I saw playing. it get lighter on your face. Oh, yeah, okay. I was hoping you would just take it away, but we're good. We're still okay. recording. Per- we're rolling. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Was it like a software update thingy? I think it was Chrome said it need to reinstall an update because you don't do that in years. <laughs> I've done one of the it's last six months. a big red button that says update in the top right corner and you never click it. I... You're, like, you're like, I'm in the middle of a YouTube video. I don't want to do that. I'm like, you can, <laughs> it'll do it in two seconds and you can... Command Shift T, and it will open it back up again. <laughs> okay. So Anyways, Eddie, who's these whatsies? Um, guys, we have a double feature movie review, like I said, of Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story. Yes. And Tetris. Tetris, the Apple TV original movie starring Taron Egerton. That is based based on true events. Based on for true events. the. Basically, the wide release of the game Tetris in yes. the 80s. Um, well, obviously. So, uh, firstly, let's get into the segue that I was anticipating was Weird. Yes. Um, we did watch Weird, which came out last year, 2022. Did it? Uh, last year? It was last year. Oh, right, right, right. It was, recent. It was uh, starring Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, as a shit ton of cameos. Oh, okay. The, okay. Okay. So, to provide context, guys, uh, first and foremost, um, if... This movie literally is weird. Um, very weird. It's, it's very satire. From the from the beginning, we kept like looking at each other, and I was like, "They're making fun of these kinds of movies." Mm. Like, there's no other way to describe it. But it literally, this movie about a parodist is a parody of of biopic movies. Correct. Um, that we've been seeing tons of lately between Bohemian Rhapsody. Line. Yeah, the whole plot line of you know, parent like uh, difficulties with parents, and then parents. Kicks Absolutely. them out and they go on their journey to Hollywood. And all Absolutely. That is so parodied. Absolutely. Um, There's always great. this like conflict of some other person that breaks up the band yeah, of some the, sort. The start of where they find their talent and they hit well, rock bottom and then they get momentum again and then they're like a superstar, <laughs> right? actually so true. Uh, but this one, guys, was hysterical. At one point, this movie went very off the rails and I was like, this definitely didn't happen, but I'm so here for it. This is it's correct. actually funny. This movie opens up with the narrator going like, this is definitely a 100% true story and not exaggerated at all. Yeah. And as soon as I heard that line, I was like, that is not what this movie is going to be. <laughs> and it's it's very funny because even when the movie opened, we we're like, what's going on here? And immediately I go, I know exactly what this is supposed to be. And I yeah. and from that, I was like, wait, this doesn't happen right away. Like the dialogue so I was like, is oh, off. Wait. So I know as soon, like, I gave it like five seconds. I'm like, oh, this is going to cut and we're going to go back to his childhood and then we're going to find this scene later in the movie absolutely um but uh guys if you guys were any of you listeners were weird al fans um or even like we mentioned um or we talked about uh fan of the 80s in general yes this is a movie for you 100 percent 
Uh, first of all, one final thing I'll say about the whole setup of the movie. I hit my mic stand because, of course, I do. Um, is this movie opens up as like one of the big like producers behind this movie is literally Funny or Die. Um, if you don't know anything about Funny or Die or FunnyorDie.com, they are all about absurd comedy. Um, so that tells you everything you need to know. But yes, this movie takes place in the 80s, basically the height of when Weird Al really like rose up released a bunch of his tracks yeah yeah and it was the most fun not only recognizing actors portraying like some of the main people in his life being like oh i know that person i know that person my favorite part was watching other actors portraying famous people from very, the 80s and going famous oh celebrities he's this person the there's that person oh that person's supposed to be that this like this person and curtis is just going this is really cool to watch. He it, literally it, it, said. Yeah. So basically, sorry. <laughs> there's, to not spoil, there's essentially one scene where, um, obviously it's Weird Al, he's a, very, he's a parody artist, whatever. Yeah. He gets brought onto, there's a, they're having a party. Yeah. His gets, mentor's having a party. His mentor's having a party, uh, recruits him. They go to this party and then it's just a party of weirdos. It's basically people in the industry that were like very much like niche people, outcast people, outcast, overly creative people, celebrities, basically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, so you you know you get celebrities in the likes of Andy Warhol. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was it, Janis Joplin? You even said uh, uh, there was Wolfman not, Jack, not uh, Janis Joplin, but we have Wolfman Jack. Uh, I'll go through a bunch of the cam- yeah, like the camera. Yeah. I won't say who plays them because that's half the fun. Actually, no, I no, I think the majority of the fun is. Give, give us a couple of other famous names that we saw. Okay, so not all of them. Like the the people, ones. not the actors, right? Yeah, the people, not the actors. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we saw Elvira. We saw uh, the Great Divine. We saw Andy uh, yeah, Warhol. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's good. Just I want I because I, I want people to see them and go, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. Um, and then you got people like again, uh, Tiny Tim. We had Tiny Tim, and I, I like I had to double take because I was like, yeah. "Are you kidding?" Kiwi Herman, other people. That's, that's all we. I'm, that's all we're giving you. I remember I told Curtis I had to do a double take. I'm almost positive. So if someone watches this movie and can correct me because you know of the '80s a lot better and can work timelines better for me, I'm almost positive there's this like very redhead lady with this like '50s kind of look to her. I think she's like the redhead for the B52s, but I don't know yeah. for sure. So someone please confirm. It, it, it was so great to see that whole scene play out. Um, it was it, honestly amazing. Uh, and then you get other big name people come through yeah. the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then you you really get this exaggerated Al Yankovic story. Oh my God. It is so fucking funny. And I just love um, the the complete satire and yeah. craziness yeah. that, you know, um, <laughs> you know came, came from the, the scenes where he discovered songs and <laughs> discovered what he wanted to do and how he wrote songs and... His his band basically that yeah, shit was hilarious. My favorite part, actually, I have a couple favorite. Okay, so I'm sorry, guys. This is we're getting mildly into spoiler territory, so kind of like if, if we've grabbed your attention, scoot your boot like scoot another, your boot. Go watch the movie. Go, it really doesn't go, take go that long. Five or come 10 back into this podcast. We'll be on something else. But um, but I ha- like I have to do this. This movie's so fucking funny. So there's this one scene where. <laughs> Al sends off a demo tape after he comes up with my Bologna. Yes. Sends it off to this like radio host or whatever. He's like comes back to his apartment with his roommates that is or his like band like his band. His band he, slash roommate. He like does this little clap dusty. He's like, well, I just mailed off my demo tape and blah blah blah. And then his his like friends and like bandmates and stuff are like, you know it. it you know, no no one- no no. You're missing because he, he 
comes back and he goes, well, I just got to be famous now. Oh, yeah. He's like, he sits in the chair and he's like, now I just have to wait to get famous. And then the one guy's like, it doesn't take it because it, it's very like overly preachy. Like you can tell the dialogue is like meant to be like this. Yeah. So then he's like, um, no, like it, sometimes it takes years of like hard work. It doesn't barely overnight. get any momentum. It doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, you got to write a bunch more songs and like you have to submit them a bunch more records. You got to find like a record label to actually accept them and. Make an album, basically. Yeah, exactly. And then, so, uh, da- like, Dana Wyclef is Weird Al, is like, oh, like, oh, whatever, I guess so. And then turns on the radio, and then the radio host is, he's like, folks, we just got a tape minutes ago, and it's been the most requested song already. And he goes, from Weird Al Yankovic, my bologna. He just got back from literally mailing it, so it was probably 10 minutes Total like there's time. no way humanly possible no way this got, radio got host there. already got the tape. Like, well, because it's funny when his, his friends were like, it takes years, he goes, Man, I can't catch a break. This sucks. Like he was like down and yeah, literally says that yeah, never. Yeah. And then yeah, so funny. And then it comes on, and then it's the sat the the satire there is also um once it plays, it's like number one radio hit. Yeah. Everybody's listening to it, and then yeah. it's a, literally a yeah hit overnight. And Absolutely he sells a million whatever. It's so funny. Absolutely, um, one of my other favorite moments. Really quickly, and I'll get to yeah, go ahead. To, yeah, yeah. to to say some more stuff about it. Um, is he? So then obviously he goes through. He gets really famous as being a parodist. And he's like, no, I really want to, like, write my own original music. And then he gets really high with his mentor. And they have it filmed. Like, he goes through this whole thing. And then apparently, quote, unquote, comes up with Eat It, quote, unquote, as an original song. Yes, as an original. As an original song, quote, unquote. And they spent all this time. He's, like, on cloud nine. He's like, finally, I'm an original recording artist. And I'll never do another parody again because I have an original song now. And blah 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 and then all of a sudden he gets a call that michael jackson came out with a song called beat it <laughs> and he fucking flips his shit he, he, he goes he goes can they even do this like can he can he even write a song about and then my the song? record exec that called him about this who's actually played by the weird real weird owl oh yes 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 um is like well like that's what you do like what are <laughs> you talking about yeah, like how do you like, even get permission? Anyways, but the point is, this is really funny because he makes this whole big, long, a big chunk of the movie is him being like, I want to be an original recording artist. And and he gets all upset because Michael Jackson stole a song. He's like, people are going to think that I took it from him. Which is we know fine. that's what and actually he happened. And he's like, who the fuck? He's like, who even is this kid anyways? He goes, what is he even doing? He's like, is he even good for me? It's like, that. It, it would it, when you know, obviously, what Michael Jackson is, who... How it's big so it's, funny because we so know funny. some of his publicity is huge. It's just funny too. Is like, uh, um, if you know anything about Weird Al or like a fan of Weird Al, like obviously he, two of his more famous songs, "Eat It" and "Fat," are based off of two very popular Michael Jackson yes. songs. Yes. So I love that a big like con- note of contention and like conflict and like humor at this point in this movie is the fact that <laughs> he supposedly wrote "Eat It" beforehand. Like they made it this whole yeah, big deal. Yeah. And I think um, there was another one where I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. But uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious to see that. Like, obviously, he parodied every song that he wrote. Yeah. Um, that he put out, and then yeah, yeah so they kind of like twisted a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's oh really my god! Funny. Oh my god! And then, he, okay, <laughs> sorry. Um, towards the end of the movie, he obviously has he, Curtis mentioned conflicts with like parents or people close to them. Well, obviously, that is a source of conflict for uh for Al. And he uh, finally makes up with his dad and his dad tells this big, long story that he's Amish. And as soon as I heard his dad say that, I'm like, oh, my God, no. And he's done telling the story and he's showing Al like all this stuff. And then Al pulls up this page and he's like, like, what is that? And his dad apparently like wrote a song. 
Yeah, his dad like detests him for all the things he loves as a kid. Like because he was like he was the same. He was the same as he a wanted kid. to be creative and then totally got he snubbed. Songs, accordion, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So then he basically was a weird owl when he was a kid. Yeah, uh, his dad, and then so he wrote this song about being Amish, about being Amish, which we know is uh, is so. Then of course it goes into him performing at the Grammys, Amish Paradise. Yes. Um, which we know is off of Coolio's Gangster's Paradise, but it's really funny because like he plays it off as it, this is his this is another original song because his dad original, wrote it, it and Coolio's just sitting there it like plays, staring up at him. The audience, and there's a few. It's like the producers and stuff, yeah. and then it's Coolio just like shaking his head like for for yeah. I don't know again if they're portraying like oh they already have this song ready to go yeah or if they're planning to parody weird al song i well the way i read it i was like i bet you he's like seething angry because he knows Something. he has like gangster's paradise about i know i, I genuinely like, think he's like it, like coolio's like plotting to like go oh i'm gonna take that and make my own song yeah either way though anyway, it was really funny because so uh because i'm pretty sure like coolio was like not happy about uh like in real life uh the parody for a while and eventually he was like chill with it i'm pretty sure but he was like not happy about it at first if i remember my history correctly um, but yeah, no, this movie was absolutely hilarious. It, it was it was genuinely really good. Like we said, really yeah. funny. Uh, a very really strange, well acted. Very strange movie. By uh, if you get past sort of the yeah exaggeratedness of it, the dialogue's cheesy and exaggerated. You can tell like it. Weird Al helped write this screenplay with another guy. Yes, like the the lyrics, like the lyrics, Jesus. The dialogue, the script itself is based off of being like, you know, like a parody, like da 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 type of talking. Like they are intentionally doing this to be satirical and hilarious and making fun of the, you know, um, the formula of that sort of movie. But he's like, you know, I still get to tell my story, but I get to have a lot of fun with it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, definitely a, cl- a good watch. Uh, if you're looking for something yeah. to to check out, and y'all, it. let me tell, I'm not going to go into specific details, but watch this movie until the very end of all the credits. Yes, it is so worthwhile. You need to watch it all the way through. Yes, because oh my god. So yeah, honestly, just such a good movie. Uh, highly recommend. Like we yeah. said, uh, but anyways, let's get it. Yeah, sorry, we got we have one other movie that we definitely really want to get to. We really uh, we we went hard with the movies this week weekend, guys. Yeah. Um, we also watched some uh comedy specials and some older movies, but yeah. a new movie we got to enjoy. Um, which we started, we watched 15 minutes of it without subtitles. Yes, realizes subtitles were necessary, yes. very much necessary. Yes, we may or may not admit to the fact that we um do not have an Apple TV subscription anymore, so we may have used other means to watch this movie. That is totally that fine. may have we led to some even, difficulties. Why did we even talk about just say we watched the movie? We watched the movie. We had some subtitle issues, and we and I told Curtis I was like, babe, I'm hooked because we have we were about 10 minutes through the movie, and I was like, I'm hooked. But I'm not going to be able to understand half of the things going on if this yeah, is going to be what it's like. And you were like, no, of... you're right. So I was like, we need to try another day. There was genuinely a lot of Russian dialogue. A so... lot of Russian dialogue. There's Japanese in there. There's Japanese in there. Yeah. So necessary for the subtitles yeah. if you don't already. Um, yeah. So we found a site. We we got the subtitles. And guys. Y'all, this we... is such a good movie. So Tetris. Taron Egerton. Um, and I don't know anybody else in that movie. But... Guys, these this guy, this yeah. man, uh, Hank from, Rogers. Uh, well, I'm just saying, Taron Egerton. Oh yeah, sorry, the actor. actor. Okay, yeah. Um, and then this obviously production company, Marv, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. Mm. Um, another 
killer movie, yeah. guys. So, sorry, to give context why Curtis is specifically shouting out Marv and Terry and Egerton is that Marv were the main producers behind the Kingsman franchise, yes. which uh, Terry and Egerton was like... Started. Started, essentially, because obviously they did a prequel that he couldn't have, have been a part of. Uh, but he started the franchise, and he's also done other fantastic movies like Eddie the Eagle, Rocket Man, which is a favorite of ours as well, where he played Elton John. Eddie Eagle. Let me check that one out. Uh, it, it's still on our list of things to watch, I yeah. think, uh, somewhere. Um, we've, we've said it a couple of times, but you know, Rocket Man, we really loved. He did a great job portraying Elton. I'm pretty sure Elton, like, actually very much. Oh, percent supported and helped get him prepped well it's always i always love the connection that uh in kingsman golden circle is they do the the, it's a lot of soundtrack with elton john because elton's actually there as like a hostage too so it's a fun little callback um but yeah so marv is production production company behind those movies so and it very much felt like a marv movie that's what i'm saying so it's like you can see the i guess the influences of at at least the creative people that they draw into these movies um, this movie is so 80s and so like video game, like wow, 8-bit. We 80s twice in the two 80s movies. I know. V- very much the vibe for this <laughs> I weekend. Realize I realize that's funny. Yeah. Um, um, the graphics and like just visual style on this, on this movie was- The artistry. The artistry. Thank you. The artistry was phenomenal on this movie. It really like drew you into the time, the place, the, the stakes and, and the, the actual like- center of everything um emphasis on the stakes too by the way the stakes um, were high this movie got our anxiety up probably tenfold yeah uh, so if Ryan way more than anybody should i was getting well like really get into stories you but know, this again the reason though is because this is also based on true events yes as we mentioned and that gets it very serious. True right? events that involved Soviet era Russia shortly before the wall fell. Literally in the middle. And this tensions I, and stakes could not be higher. So as Ryan mentioned to us well earlier, uh Taryn Egerton's character, Hank Rogers, always thought it was Hank, where the subtitles No, it's Hank. Hank. Because he's Dutch. But he's it's because he's Dutch, that's Hank. why. Anyways, hard to say either way. Um this guy doesn't give two shits. He's an entrepreneur. A uh, programmer, software, uh, a company owner. Yeah, founder, he's like a publisher, like bulletproof software. Yeah, so he's a licensor and like publishy, like publisher, and he also like is a programmer encoder himself. Yeah. Um, this man describes a word of like reaching for your dreams at all costs. Yeah, this guy is the definition of entrepreneur. Yeah. In the eighties. Yeah. Guy didn't yeah. stop for yeah. anything, not even the USSR. Yeah. Uh, which is crazy to me like but even russia couldn't make him even russia he literally said think twice he goes i I'm, I'm staying until i get what i want yeah um but this movie was a really great depiction mm-hmm. i i never knew the seriousness behind it mm-hmm. um so if anybody doesn't know so hank rogers basically uh owns this software company mm-hmm. uh works with a bunch of other companies and and uh licensees to get license rights for um what was it video game arcade uh so yeah oh, basically yeah it- for all license rights uh, for Tetris, to license Tetris in Japan. In Japan, because he lives in Japan. He's His business is based in Tokyo because his wife is from Japan. They met while they were in school. Yes. Um, like in the States. So basically, yeah, he's at, he actually, so their company, he actually was at a convention selling a game that he developed. Yes. Um, wasn't really getting anywhere with it. So he comes across, uh, over the course of being at this convention, this like essentially this like vendor uh set up with tetris and it's a like a representative of a company and he buys the license like the licensing rights for um video game arcade uh in computer and computer sorry 
thank you um in japan because the guy tells him like oh like it's already taken care of like also- in other areas of the world and he's like well what about japan and the guy like so this yeah. whole kind of kicks starts the whole thing and the movie starts with um this kind of like intro of him talking to this banker likely looking to because uh, he's looking to get more of a loan from the bank to be able to invest and continue this forward and actually see like a payback from it um from getting kind of tetris um into japan with all this stuff and he's walking you through kind of the whole story of like how it developed the big players involved and kind of where he's at at this moment and then you follow him from that point through the rest yeah. of the story one key piece starting off was the fact that tetris was developed by a russian uh software developer you know yeah. whatever you engineer if you want to call it that mm-hmm. so that's a big main piece of the puzzle because without that just that single factor nothing really makes sense like obviously all the domino effect from there yeah. but uh it's really it was really fun to see that sort of that business world right i never realized that licensing in different sections regions of the world for different um apparatuses the contracts was, can be so like crazy it, it's it's insane and it's, it tells you a lot about like being like specific in contracts and stuff when it comes to licensing because like people can make a lot of money if off of you for something you technically about, didn't give them rights for think about that that makes so much more sense because think about so many old video games that are so different in the arcade versus on pc or on a console or only available in certain areas only available in certain regions or you know it it acts differently in a certain region because the licensees have all the right to put whatatever they want into that machine exactly exactly um so really really great um very intense holy shit i think a lot of this movie was based on like obviously it told the story but i think a lot of the the hidden messages behind it had a lot to do with like dreams um and like what it takes to get for your dreams get yes. out your dreams yes. uh the sacrifices you have to make for those dreams the risk um, freedom in general and just being able to and the risks you have to take um i do the the story like really gets you invested because you like feel for a lot of the main characters that you're drawn into like that's emotionally Taren. that's Taryn. oh sorry i totally hit the mic that man, um, that it man. definitely is Taryn. that man knows how to embody the character, like he feels different in every movie I've seen him in. He, he knows how to embody the person you want to root for, but also feel bad for. Like it's hard to like, and and I and I mean this in like the best way possible. Like I can't, like I. Do, there's some actors where like the every movie they're in, you see a little bit of like another character they're well known for, or you see a little bit of them. Yes, I'm looking at Taron Egerton, but I'd like if you were to be like, oh, that's the guy who played like, sorry. I don't see any inch of who he is when he's Eggsy from Kingston. versus who he is when he's portraying Elton. Yes. Versus him portraying Hank. I'm going to They all you, feel like different people. I'm going to give you this one right now. I totally agree. The only character I saw on that screen was Hank Rogers. Yeah. For the sheer purpose that this man's American accent phenomenal astonishing it is criminal how good he is and i think it's his first that he's done it and so Uh, i think eddie the eagle might have been one unless he's Um, british i don't know again i haven't seen but just so it's so unique and so he's so talented um but uh a lot of really great story in this one um a lot of really great warm-heartedness friendship relationship uh drama yeah, uh, but just so much like politics too is like oh the politics are crazy. Really loved, um, and and I really started mm-hmm. to pay attention to more. But well, I also didn't realize the players, um, some of in some of the story that like I didn't realize that like I 
as soon as they came on screen or I saw names and I was like, oh my God, I know them for this other reason. Right. Like, for example, so the one company that Hank's kind of working with and against, Mirsoft, was um, under kind of Robert Maxwell's umbrella of like companies. Yes. Or, or his main company, I guess I should say. And Robert Maxwell, yes, if you're picking up on the last name, is the father of Ghislaine Maxwell, who is a no, like known conspirator and confidant of Jeffrey Epstein's and also recently went on trial for the crime. That's the whole family's fucked, eh? The whole family's fucked. That's crazy. Whole family's fucked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, <laughs> sorry. Robert Maxwell's a fucking cock. Uh, uh, no, he's like actually disgusting. He defrauded his his awful, uh, awful his employees out of so much it money. Sounds no better because he's just a prick. But, but anyways, way. um, it's it, it, it's here like our reactions already. Like, uh, you know, it, you really get kind of involved in what's going on and invested in what's going on. Um, it's really great because they kind of do round out like the movie just like any other kind of based on true events biopic kind of movie yes um it's funny that we watched basically like a biopic and then a parody of a biopic beforehand right <laughs> but it, uh but uh sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. um just the end of it kind of really rounds out and does that whole kind of like where 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 did they end up sort of thing after the events of the movie mm-hmm. um and that was really cool because it's like oh my god no, this actually movies. did happen i love movies that do that because they're like oh yeah after the events you just saw portrayed this is where these dirtbags and good people ended up going. All ended I'm like, up, oh yeah. shit. Um, but uh, this is one of those movies too. Um, I want to keep this one short and sweet for a time, but also yeah. this is- You one have movie, to watch it. This is one movie I can't even try to spoil no. because the connecting dots of this storyline are so unique and so yeah. like they're tied together like a knot. Like, I totally I can't, agree. Without a piece- you just forget the whole, you miss the whole story. I totally agree. I feel like usually we're kind of okay with spoiling stuff. Um, certain things will kind of, you know, keep it small and then other things will say whatever. But I feel like you need to follow the thread of this whole you story do. You do. Um, on your own for the first time untainted. I would not have wanted this movie spoiled for me and I'm so glad that I didn't. You, um, you were even hesitant. I said, I want to watch this. We took, yeah. we, we were going to and then we didn't and then we got to it and you loved it so for certain types of movies like this sometimes i kind of feel like i need to be in a certain mood and sometimes um you know more often than not it's just a matter of just ripping off the band-aid and turning it on um but i'm glad i finally just kind of like allowed that to happen uh and got invested in the way that i did we've been been hitting some jackpots recently we really have yeah we we have happened to throw on even um fantastic beasts we we ended up seeing it was okay and it was i would say it was good but we watched the whole thing through so it's better than okay. I mean, you already invest a certain amount of time. You have to finish it. Right? That's true. Um, either way, uh, we've been we've been checking out some good ones, and yeah. these were two. Yeah, guys. Up. So please watch Weird. Please watch Tetris, and let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, I would say especially Tetris. We know Weird's just gonna be weird, and and maybe I want not everyone's gonna love enjoy it. Enjoy it and, and enjoy it for the craziness that it yeah. is. Tetris but is a more Tetris was a serious movie. movie. Um, I, I and it's newer. So uh, something, you know, fresh for you to have in your arsenal of what I just watched recently. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that is that. Okay, dokely. That's this week's episode. That's it, guys. Yes. um, We're really glad that you kind of just, like, stuck with us while we rambled on about some, like, really niche stuff that we loved lately. Uh, I told Curtis I wanted to do this because we, A, haven't done a movie review in a while, and B, we had watched some stellar movies recently, so... Yeah, we've been up to some uh, a lot of stuff, um, but uh, I know there's lots of content for us to get to still. 
for the end of the season. Let us know if there's anything you guys want us to check out, movies yep. to watch, TV shows to watch, yep. things to review, lots to come through. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll do it for this week. Um, I think first time in a while where I finished mine and you're almost done yours. And I literally am almost, I've got like, like we said, sips. easy sipper. Easy, easy sipper. So shout out again to Indie Ale House. Yes, shout outs. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to us ramble on this week. Uh, we love you guys so much. And we will catch you guys next week. Peace.